Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. We are rolling right into the old off-season. I mean, it has been the off-season for a while, but, you know, it's, it's the actual off-season off-season because the draft is over. Uh, and we're going to do something fun or funish. Yeah, we're going to you know, we're going to extend this as long as possible and talk about a bunch of NFL teams. How about it? All 32 teams, 32 days, one team per day, and we're going to start in the NFC East. We're still going to focus on news, so like, don't tune it out if you don't want to hear about a certain team. We'll talk about the news of the day, whatever's going on in the NFL. The NFL never sleeps. By the way, I'm Will Brinson, your host. You can subscribe, rate, and review to those that have been rating and reviewing. My God, you people are saints. You are kind. You're courteous. Uh, to the man who is number one Costos fan on Twitter that tweeted at me, you're in luck, buddy, because guess what? Today, Nick Costos is on the show. What's going on? I had to I had to call my mom and be like, Mom, did you get on Twitter? Like, is that you? No, it's actually a real person. Shout out to our friend across the pond. I appreciate the love, man. Thank you. What 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 do you think goes to the mind of a man who is the number one Nick Costas fan? Well, to be completely honest with you, and again, this is I'm being one hundred percent honest. Sure. I think that I'm awesome and I think that I do a great job. So I'm not shocked at all that someone someone thinks that way. <laughs> so I appreciate it. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna read a couple uh reviews. Because I want to get it out there from Redleg19. And this, by the way, is what the difference between you and me is that you are a shameless self-promoter. Mm-hmm. I am also a shameless self-promoter. The difference is, is that I am very open about it, whereas you like to make take like a very like back-ended approach to try and putting it all out there. Just say it, buddy. Like I'm going to gas myself up and talk about how good my podcast no, is. No, it's no, okay. no, no, no. I've got more subvertive motives than that. Uh, one, I'm, look, one, Redleg19, average at best, two stars. Nothing special about this podcast. There are much better NFL podcasts available. Okay, one, average average is not two stars. Average is three stars. Average so, would be three. So yeah. hit the three-star button, you bleep, bleeper. Um, two, maybe we are average. Average is fine. Like, we're a good podcast. I'm not no, eating... we're not average. When, no, I'm not, when I'm on it, we're not average. No, no, no. Look, it's an above-average podcast, and it's insulting. Okay, here's what bothers me is that someone would take the time to review a podcast and write average. Like, just stop unsubscribe and move on. Why would you? What is, this is the problem with society now, Nick, is that yes. the Yelpization, Yelpization of society is that people feel the need to let people to, to write bad reviews about stuff. We got a hundred and, I don't know, a hundred Whatever it is, like you look at it, there's like 11 bad reviews. Like it's uh, clearly- you know what my thought on it is, honestly. I feel like people are, people have always, are now, and will always be dumb. Not everybody, but I think yeah. that a lot of people are dumb. So like now that there's just more of an opportunity for people to share their dumbness. Um, not, not not that that reviewer is dumb. I don't know who that reviewer is. I disagree with the reviewer, but you know that's why people do stuff like that. That is that is correct. Uh, Petros Rock says draft coverage, awesome job with the up to minute draft coverage. Much appreciated. Love the pod. Thank you, Petros. Um, Streak, of course he likes it. Jay Strock says, good NFL talk. He loves it with daily various contributors. I like that Will Brinson finds the team, who finds a guy who knows the team. That's what we're going to do throughout this process. And then one more. Here's, here's, here's a spoiler for you. It's not rocket science. No, I mean, like, but, you know, we, we, there's certain people who know him better. Like, 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 Will does not stand there like Stannis Baratheon in front of like a huge map written table, like trying to like, like, like pick out who he's going to have to talk about each part, each team. That's, that's, that's true. I don't, I don't have that sort of Stannis Baratheon set up. By the way, we'll bring back Game of Thrones podcast next, next summer. Yeah, um, whenever, whenever it comes back in 2028. And, uh, Chris, uh, Bavari, I, I hope I pronounced that right. Who titled, Probably not based on how you just did. I'm guessing that. Was <laughs> well, I, I was confused. But anyway, Chris, Chris is going to, Chris is going to email me now. Chris, my email is willbrinson 
at gmail.com. His title is Beer Me. He's been listening to the Pick 6 podcast since it, since it started and is involved in the beer industry and wants to have a chat about potentially Thirsty Thursday situations. Oh, so here was where the subversive, this this is the yeah, real motive. Was, you Because here's, here's the thing for you guys, because people won't call Bobby Brinson out on his BS, but I will. Will <laughs> gave those first two reviews just so it wouldn't look as shady when he just got to the last one, which because he wants to get the free beer. So he can't just give that one because then it's obvious what his motives are. So that's why Bobby <laughs> gave the first two reviews, so he could specifically give the third one. And not only this, Bobby, there's why that you're brilliant. And I I mean this seriously you gave a bad review also so no one could question it whatsoever when you try and get that free beer i love it mr prince you know me too el costas damn you uh by the way i am drinking a trophy husband made by trophy brewing in raleigh north carolina it's a saison to get me ready for a little date night my mother-in-law's got the people are listening on tuesday morning uh, this is going out on monday once again nick you and i burned five minutes by the way I, I won't tell people where we're going for date night because it's too it's too middle-aged and uh white bread to we're, we're anyway let's get into some well, you have to say it at this point now it's a sir la tabla cooking class that's involved that we signed up for a while ago is that what, not, what is it sir la tabla sir la tabla cooking class it's like a uh they're, they're making pizza they're gonna show us how to make pizza tonight that's I don't awesome know. yeah it's gonna be fun no it'll be fun and, and, and look and, and i know you will so like like you have you have a young kid and you have like a puppy so for you to be able to get out of the house is a big deal. So I hope you and AK have a great time. Mother, that sincerely. Yeah, all right. And people will be listening to this on Tuesday morning. Let's get down. Uh, let's get the show on the road. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. The Browns couldn't find anybody, Nick Costas. By the way, people can follow Nick at the Costas. They couldn't find anybody who wanted to trade up to number four. What the? What? How? How is that possible? You know, I, I don't know if that's one of, the, one of the most inexplicable things I've heard or if that's more inexplicable than Dave Gettleman saying he didn't even entertain offers for the number two pick. You know, we call that general manager malpractice. We'll talk about the Giants a, a little later, though. But really, no one wanted to move up for four? Uh, I'll bet you the Buffalo Bills would have something to say about that. I don't have any inside information on it, but that seems to me like they're saying, yeah, like we took Denzel Ward and now we're going to try and, and win the, the public perception battle after passing on Bradley Chubb at number four. Mm, that might be a good point because here's the thing if you're the browns and we know factually that the bills were willing to pay number 53 and number 56 to move from 12 to 7 we also know factually because brandon bean has said this that he did not want to give up his other first round pick and that's fine great, and great job by him not doing that though in all seriousness i sure. thought that was really yeah. good now when you look at the trade chart values and rj white one of our uh one of our editors and former guest not frequent guest, but a guest on the show and a good dude knows his stuff. Um, is doing a breakdown of all the trades in the draft. The Bills got bamboozled badly by giving up, by giving up 53, 56, 12 and 12 for number seven and only moving up five spots. They got their quarterback at, at the end of the day. If Josh Allen's good, it won't matter. But if I'm, and, and granted, you don't want to move up to four, but if I'm the Browns, I would have taken 53 and 56. And move down from four to 12. If my plan was to get Denzel Ward and I just would have taken Derwin James or Minka Fitzpatrick or Denzel Ward if he was there, or I would have taken Mike McGlinchey if he was there, or I would have taken, I don't know. I would just taken the extra picks and gotten more players. And look, Denzel Ward might be great. I might look stupid. I think it's the highest a cornerback's been taken. Um, Jalen Ramsey. No, Ramsey was, uh, I don't, Fifth? Ramsey. Right. But no, yeah, but four. I mean, yeah. I think, but it was like it's like since like Charles Woodson, Sean Springs, like someone, someone in, in, that, in that vicinity, maybe. Um, 
I, I can't bang on the Browns for that because they already had a, a million picks coming up on day two and day three anyway. So it's like you add the more picks, like, yeah, you can always say you get more picks and maybe you trade them for a veteran player. They could have done that. I think what you can really bang on the Browns for is taking Denzel Ward. Now, look, maybe <laughs> Denzel Ward's Deion Sanders. Maybe he's a Hall of Famer. Maybe he's Darrell Rivas. Who the hell knows? I'm not professing to have any idea. He, from what I watched, he, he looks awesome and should be a good NFL player. But I just can't get past the idea of Bradley Chubb and Miles Garrett opposite each other. And I think it's really telling and hope that you guys watched. I know you did well. Um, the viewers or the listeners watched CBS Sports HQ, our coverage of the draft all three days. I hosted. It was a, it was a great time. Numbers were great. Appreciate everyone that tuned in that on Thursday night, I'm up there with Bryant McFadden, CBS Sports HQ analyst, former NFL player, two time Super Bowl champion who played defensive back. So you'd think that he would have a soft spot for his fellow DBs mm-hmm. said he thought it was a terrible pick and mm-hmm. that he would have gone. Bradley Chubb, because do you know what helps a secondary more than great cover cover people? A pass rush. So I think that's really what you can criticize the Browns for is not the fact they didn't trade down from four to 12. It's the fact that they took Denzel Ward instead of Bradley Chubb. Well, that, that, that is my biggest problem with basically the whole draft. It annoys the living mess out of me that they, the Browns got Baker Mayfield, who's the guy that I wanted them to take and my QB one in this class. And then they, and no, yeah, I liked it. It was bold. Uh, and it's interesting if you read, and and by the way, that the point of the report about the Browns not being able to get anybody to trade up was from Peter King in the mmqb.com. Also in that was, um, Peter King was there and basically John Dorsey got a call before the draft from somebody who wanted to move up to four and was willing to give up a first round pick but said I will only do it if Baker Mayfield is there wow isn't that fascinating and we heard there I saw maybe rumor I mean like obviously we know the Jets were in on Mayfield they liked Mayfield that was going to be their guy at three if Sam, if, if Sam Darnold went one I mean I just think more teams were high on Mayfield than we originally thought or were led to believe throughout the process but to, to pass on Bradley Chubb, and you're right, pair him with Miles Garrett, have Emmanuel Ogba coming off, you know, in a, in a pass rushing wave. That's how you win, yeah. right? You win by, by bringing down the quarterback and with good quarterback play. So, I mean, it, it's almost like you couldn't have drawn, assuming that Baker's going to be really good, and they obviously think so because he's their guy, you couldn't have scripted it any better than their QB1 and the consensus number one, not just pass rusher, but consensus best defensive player in the draft. So Denzel Ward had better be really, really, really good. Or yeah. that has a chance to go down. And I said this on the air on Thursday. It's not fair to the young man Denzel Ward to say this because I think he's a better prospect. And let's give him the benefit of the doubt. But it feels a lot like the Justin Gilbert pick mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. They drafted the crazy, like, emotional Big 12 quarterback. Or I guess Johnny Manziel was in the SEC at the time. But, you know. The Texas A&M Texas, former Big Twelve school. Yeah, Texas, Texas quarterback with uh, attitude problems who can turn this franchise around, and then added the draft's best cornerback. Like uh... <laughs> that's yes, yes. This is this is a callback to a few years ago. Oh, now. The only question is, was did the homeless person that gave Jimmy Haslam <laughs> those picks also give them to John Dorsey? Uh, and I, I sure as hell hope not. And by the way, uh, you good call by me and you. The last time a corner a defensive back was taken in the not higher than fifth, so fourth or higher. Charles Woodson in 98, and the year before that, uh, Woodson went fourth, and the year before that, Sean Springs, Sean Springs in 97. And in fact, in, in 1997, 
Um, Sean Springs, Bryant Westbrook, Tom Knight, and Michael Booker, four guys, four defensive backs taken in the top 11. That's kind of crazy. You don't see that. Give me those names again. Bryant Westbrook, I remember. Who are the other two? Tom Knight, who went to Arizona ninth overall. Who the hell is, uh, you know me, I know my I know my NFL history front and back. I don't know who Tom Knight is. is <laughs> Bobby's son, who is that? <laughs> and, and Michael Booker. Uh, Tom Knight played, holy hell, he played in Iowa, went to uh, Cherokee High School in New Jersey. And um, played uh, five seasons with the Cardinals and one season with the the Ravens, and he was done in, done in football by by the age of twenty nine. If, if we keep breaking down Tom Knight, the guy who gave us the average podcast review is going to be right on. <laughs> yeah, I love Tom Knight talk on the podcast. All right, moving right along, the Cowboys were apparently unprepared, according to reports. I actually don't know who reported this, but they were apparently unprepared for Jason Witten's retirement talk, Nick. And there are many different layers of this that are interesting because a it appears Jason Witten is leaving. Um which puts them in a bit of a bind. Does it hurt them? Do you feel like it, it really takes away from the, like, we'll get to the, let's get to the first layer. Let's, let's peel the layers back one by one. Do you think that Jason Witten retiring, if he eventually retires, is a really big detriment to the Cowboys 2018 season? No. <laughs> That's a fair answer. I mean, it's, I mean, like, unless, like, can you quantify something like leadership, of which he's sure. obviously got it in spades, I'm sure, right? Um, I don't think it's that big a deal because it's not like we're talking about Jason Witten from 10 years ago or Kellen Winslow or Mike Ditka or uh, uh, Rob Gronkowski at this point. It's uh, Jason Witten's going to the Hall of Fame. I think he's more of a compiler than like a Gronk level player, but he's going to go to the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done when you look at his numbers. But at this point, he's at the tail end of his career. The guy can barely move. I mean, he runs like you and I do, Will. So, no, I don't think it's that huge of a loss, and I feel like it's quite frankly overblown, A, because we're in a fantasy football age where Witten's been great for a long time, B, he's got the high-profile friendship with Tony Romo, and C, he's been playing since 1948. So, no, I don't think it's that big a deal with Jason Witten not being on the 2018 Cowboys, and we don't even know if that's going to be the case or not yet, right? Yeah, that's right. Jerry Jones is technically still recruiting. And by the way, Jason Witten, I think a first ballot Hall of Famer, you are correct that he's a compiler. He never is, he's never led the league in targets, receptions, yards, yards per reception, touchdowns, yards per game, or even catch percentage. But he averaged 80 catches a year from 2004 to 2017. That's bananas. I mean, um, that, that and is... I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there. I know Cowboys fans might be pumped up about the tight end. They took um, uh, Dalton Schultz. Rico Gathers, the former basketball player from Baylor, who's on that roster right mm-hmm. now. I mean, you, you, a lot of people, I'm not the only one that has said this or talked about this. I, I grabbed him in Dynasty over the, over the weekend. A hundred percent. Rico Gathers is a name for you to keep your eye on. He's in the mold of like tight ends that have played basketball before, in which case we don't have to go through the mad nauseum here. But Rico Gathers is a legit prospect that the Cowboys have at tight end. Yeah. Uh, if you are, if you're listening to this and you are in a Dynasty fantasy league, which probably applies to a lot of you, go get Rico Gathers. I'm telling you, I, I, I stopped in the middle of the draft. Or I stopped in the middle of whatever day it was, Thursday, and I went and scooped him up in one of my dynasty leagues to make sure that I got him. Um, for Witten, the, the other thing, too, is like, okay, two other things to think about with him. Were the Eagles trolling the Cowboys when they, in the second round, traded up in front of Dallas, in Dallas, had uh, David Akers come out and thrash Dallas like he was Which Ir- was awesome, he, WWE style. He looked like Erwin M. Scheister. Like he, Erwin Arshister. Like Erwin Arshister, excuse me. I I, it would be IRS. IMS would not have the same ring to it as a tax man that IRS no, has. No, but he was dressed like an accountant and he storms out there like, like the, like IRS and he, and he goes full WWE and he thrashes them. Um, 
And then they draft a tight end. They trade up in front of the Cowboys and draft a tight end. And the best part is the tight end's first name is Dallas. No, we're just having, this isn't a serious question. We're just having fun with this, right? I don't think the Eagles were actually trolling him, but I think they do. I don't, I don't think they were like, let's, we, we're so set on our roster. Let's just thrash the Cowboys. No, I think they, I think they wanted a guy to replace Trey Burton, but it does happen that his last name is Dallas. Or his first I, and name is Dallas. I, man, I, I, I think Philly's going to be really good again next year. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to win the Super Bowl again, but I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to either, but like that trade is so great. And it just speaks to how good of an organization this is. And what a great job Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson have done here where they lose Trey Burton, right? And then they go and they get his replacement immediately. And it's a guy that many people consider to be the best pure pass catching tight end in the draft, who's going to be a matchup nightmare when you put him and Zach Ertz on the field at the same time. And by the way, they've still got all the other weapons and a badass play caller with, with balls the size of grapefruits and Doug Peterson here. I think it's hard not to love what the, and it kills me to say this as a New Yorker and a guy who grew up a Giants fan. I mean, the Eagles right now might be, you know, the Patriots have been the gold standard for such a long time. The Eagles might be second best right now, the second best organization in football, the way that they conduct their business from top to bottom, just stellar. And I don't know if Goddard's going to be a stud this year, obviously as a rookie, maybe not here, but I mean, the matchup problems that this team is going to give opposing defenses. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be something else to watch. It'll be a continuation really of what we saw last year when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Goddard is probably not a guy that you would draft early on. If you were to join the best ball league on play draft, which is a fantastic app you need to check out. We, um, for those that are listeners, we were supposed to have a draft on Monday night and don't, I don't, I don't know what happened. The league got deleted. We're going to fire it up again. But we're going to give a little more time to fill up the league. It's, uh, if you want to play, if you want to get on draft, download the draft app or go to draft.com. They're at PlayDraft on Twitter, and we're going to do a best ball league, and here's how this works. We'll get Nick to join. He can hang out in the league. Um, I'd love to. When you do your first deposit, deposit some cash, and use promo code PICK6, two words, P-I-C-K space S-I-X. Use that promo code, and you will get a free entry into a $3 best ball league. And when you use that, you can use that entry. You can join our league. And what we're going to do is have a uh, pick six podcast listeners draft. And the beauty of best ball, Nick, is that you don't have to worry about waivers. You don't have to worry about setting your lineup. None of that crap. You just draft. It's 18 rounds. And then the computer picks out your best possible score. So if you have two running backs who are on your bench, quote unquote, go off, you're not going to get banged for it. They're going to be in your starting lineup. You're going to get their points and you're going to feel like a genius. You don't mess with it till the end of the year. And then you find out if you got paid. And I believe it's paying out like uh five to one if you win in a 10 person league. So three bucks, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to, you know, buy a new house with it. But if you enter a big league, you could do that. And, uh, and plus draft is fun to play. So check it out. Draft app or draft.com. At Play Draft on Twitter, they're a fun follow, and uh, use promo code Pick Six for your first deposit, and we'll get you rolling on that listener league. Moving right along to Giants talk. No, wait, not Giants talk yet. First, I want to know: Have you examined closely, Nick, the over unders for all the teams in the NFL? See, what an insulting question. And also, you and I have already texted about it ad nauseum. So I get like, like the construct here of doing this for the audience. Right. Yes, Will. Yes, I have. I have. And not only have I done it, but you and I have already done it together also. I was like, jo- I was jogging around the, like, this lake near our house with, um, with my dog, George, who podcast listeners are familiar with. And I'm like, like scrolling who through. Who looks like, who looks like, like a, like a shrimpier version of Cujo. Right. He's a cross-eyed shrimpy Cujo. Um, who, who would kill you if he had the chance, I'm convinced. 
Yeah, probably, probably yes. If he, yeah, if he could, if he could murder me and get away with it and live with my wife, and if he, if he could murder me and my son, he would do it. And just God like, Almighty, I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't gonna go there. Well, I mean, Robbie's pretty. Robbie's a four year old. He terrorizes the dog pretty big. Uh, but anyway, so I'm jogging around with George, and I'm like texting with you, and like like digging through these over unders and trying to examine which ones I like. And I know that you and I are both. We'll touch briefly on a couple, and then we'll dive into some giant stuff. You and I are very high on. Now, I do appreciate that you wrote on the text you sent me with a rundown here that you are giving me credit for my call last year of the Los Angeles Rams of course. as my favorite bet. So I am going to say right now that this – I don't know if they're going to go 11-5 and on the division, but my big overpick for this year is the Chicago Bears, and I feel – very strong about it because I don't think any team, offense, defense, and especially, especially coaching-wise, improved more than the Bears did this offseason and in the NFL draft. Love the hire of Matt Nagy, and I think he's going to be able to get it out of Mitchell Trubisky, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, along with Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, and my favorite wide receiver in the entire class, Anthony Miller out of Memphis, who I'm in a dynasty league. I traded up a boatload to go up and get Anthony Miller in the first round of a rookie draft that I'm doing right now. I love him as a fantasy sleeper for this year. I think he's going to be the number one fantasy rookie receiver this year, Anthony Miller. And Roquan Smith is obviously terrific. This Bears, it's a tough division, so I don't know if they're going to win like 10 or 11 games, but I think that the Bears at minimum will win seven games, and that total right now is six and a half. I like it as well. I was, I started laughing in the middle of it. My wife got home and she texted me. She goes, she said, poor George, four exclamation points. I was like, what happened to George? She goes, I heard you talking bleep about him. And then she, and then she added, he would definitely murder you. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think he'd leave your son alone. He'd definitely kill you. That's good to know. He won't murder my son. Uh, he will definitely murder me. I'm with you. I think, look, it's, it almost feels a little too obvious on the Bears side of things because of what we saw from the Rams last year and the Eagles as well. But I mean, the Bears, and I'm not sure that Ryan Pace definitely knows what he's doing in the draft. I mean, he, he, he had does. a, he had a good draft. He had a, he's had some good drafts, but he hadn't had great drafts. But, and I'm not sure that Mr. Trubisky is great, but I do know this. You loved him last year. Now you're not sure. I mean, I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I mean, like, bro, you were the only one. I gave you so much credit yeah. for this. You were the only one that said during the college football season a couple of years ago, Trubisky could be the number one overall yeah. pick in the draft. No, I, I, and now, and now you're off the Trubisky bandwagon. No, 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 no. There's a difference between off the bandwagon and this is what this is what bugs me about the draft grades. And like, like I'm getting banged on Twitter for for something I wrote about the Saints, how the Saints were losers last year because, but they got like they were trying to take Patrick Mahomes and Reuben Foster, and they accidentally. Ended up not taking him and got, um, and got Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramchick and it worked out great for him. So then they're not losers, then they won. Right. I was wrong, but not for, but not for that reason. I think the problem is people look at a grade and they look at a, a list and they, there's no nuance there. You know what I mean? Yeah, do you remember what the conversation we had at the top of this podcast? Like what surprises you about this? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure why. Um, at any point, like I don't know that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be great. I think he's in a great spot and they're doing a good, I think he has the chance to be great. I love the Bears. I love this over. I just feel like it seems a little too obvious, but I love the fact that they are copying the Rams playbook from last year. Get your trade up and get your rookie quarterback and then surround him with weapons. They've done a good job with that. It's hard not to like him. I will say though that that, uh, that division is very difficult. So I'm not sure that I entirely, I don't like it as much as, you know, we loved your pick of the Rams in hindsight. 
I like the Browns over at five and a half. I'm sure that I won't ever regret that. I might love the Cowboys under at eight and a half. That that I do love. I love that under. Mm-hmm. Love that under for the Cowboys. Their running game could get going. I might uh, Broncos at seven. The Chargers are obscenely high. I'm so annoyed by that. It's not even funny. They're the favorites to win the division, and their over under is nine games. What, the juice what's of, the Broncos over under win total? Seven. I like that. I think I like the over. I do too. And I and you know what else I like? See, here's the problem. The AFC West is awesome, and I think you can make a legitimate argument for any of the four teams. I think that I, I think I might have to go with the Oakland Raiders, though. Yeah. Taking the Raiders over eight wins. I like the under on the Raiders. The Eagles at ten and a half is a little uh, a little pricey. I'd go under, but I mean, I don't think they're going to go worse because just with the uncertainty of Wentz, yeah, they the could juice, go ten and six easily. They could go eleven and five. Yeah. I think that's a stay away. The juice is plus one twenty on the over, so it tells you people are it's they're leaned heavily towards the under. The Forty ers at nine, that's too that's high. Silly. That, that's silly. I go under high. on. Yeah. The Seahawks at eight is a slap in the face to Pete Carroll and John Schneider and Russell Wilson, to be honest. Or or it's right on and they're going to go under and they won't finish five hundred. Mm, possible, but look at that division. I mean, like the Rams are going to be great. We assume. The 49ers are not quite a nine-win team or right about a nine-win team. And the Cardinals, the Cardinals are five and a half. That might be too low. Uh, I think the Cardinals are a bottom five roster in the NFL right now. It could end up going very poorly. I won't be hammering that one. The one I might love, the Tennessee Titans at eight wins. Mm. Oh, yeah, buddy. And I'll tell you what, you know what I'm not going to do this year? I'm not going to allow myself to be talked into teams I don't personally like. We went out to Vegas last year. Yes. And, and I made, um, two bets while in Vegas. The Texans under and the Cowboys would miss the playoffs. Bang, bang, both hit. Later on, um, a friend put these in for me, but I was talked into by separate individuals who I will not name into taking the Bills under and the Jaguars under. You know how stupid those things looked? You know, considering they played each other in the first round of the playoffs. Yes. I would say that they're, they're fairly dumb. Fairly dumb. Very dumb. Uh, I did take the Chargers over as well. And that worked out. But my point you being. Also, you also picked the Chargers and Cardinals to play in the Super Bowl. That was stupid. Yes. And by the way, yeah, little, little aggressive, you know, ripping of me on CBS Sports HQ. I, mean, I, I know it's the third Who day. ripped you? I, you all did. I heard it. It was the third day of the draft. And what? Know? Saying what? <laughs> I think the Chargers made a pick. It was like a, like a good grade. And all of a sudden, like my phone starts blowing off and it's like Prisco and Brady Quinn thrashing me. Uh, and, and then, and then. No, but I, I'm being dead serious here. Maybe because, like, I was on the air for like 98 hours yeah. straight. When did this, when, when did we bash you on the air for? Did that actually I, happen on the air? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, let's no, talk- I, I just legitimately don't even remember it happening. I'm sure that it did. I'm not denying it. I just don't remember it. Yeah, no, it was like the third day of the draft. Everyone was loopy and. Oh, yeah, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. No, the, that third day of the draft is insane. All right. Let's dive into the Giants who took with the first pick of their draft, Saquon Barkley. And you ran it on this very podcast before the draft that you did not want them to do that. Are you happy with the Giants draft as a whole, despite Saquon? No, and I don't think Dave Gettleman knows what he's doing. <laughs> and, you know, when, when I say doesn't know what he's doing, I don't mean he's incompetent. Like, he's clearly not a dumb guy. Like, you don't, you don't become a general manager in two stops if you're dumb. Like, he's not dumb. But he said, like, how do you say things like, I didn't even entertain offers for the number two pick. Yeah, that is malpractice at the general manager position. Now, Maybe Davis Webb is great. Maybe Kyle Lawletta is great. And maybe one of those two guys will hit. But I feel like at this point right now, and I want to be optimistic. And like after the Will Hernandez pick, I'm like, oh, they're going to run the ball. Eli's going to turn back the clock. This is going to be great. And then I saw the over under win total. Mm-hmm. And it's six and a half. 
It's insane. And let me ask you, dear listener, you're out there right now, and we're coming off the draft, and the Giants took Saquon Barkley, and then an offensive lineman, and then a pass-rushing linebacker from the SEC, and everyone starts saying, one of the best drafts, A+, plus, Big Blue is back. Now, I'm asking you right now, you, the person that's listening, if you right now had to bet on the Giants going over or under six and a half wins, what would you take? I'm willing to bet that the answer for the vast majority over, of you over. would be over. And you know what that means? It means they're going to go under. <laughs> and you know why they're going to go under? Because they stink. Because the team's not any good. And the offensive line's not any good. You know what Nate Solder is? He's an above-average left tackle that's being paid like, like, like Walter Jones because the Giants needed a left tackle. Maybe Will Hernandez is Alan Fatica. Maybe he's not. I still don't think this offensive line's very good. And I think Saquon Barkley, it's not a knock on the player or the prospect. I think he's great. I don't think it's a great place for him to be in. And I think Eli Manning, quite frankly, and I'm the world's biggest Eli Manning fanboy of all time, I think Eli's washed. I think this team's screwed. Like, yeah, the draft was cool. Saquon's going to be good. Will Hernandez should be good. Carter should be good. Maybe Loletta's going to be good. I just don't think the team's going to be any good. And I think there's a better chance that the Giants are back at the top of the draft in two years than they are competing for a Super Bowl in the next two years. Wow. Is it horrible that I am going to be rooting against um, – I'm going to be rooting against Saquon Barkley – why would I mean? Why? Because you want to be right? Because I'm just annoyed by Dave Gettleman's whole nerd thing. He did like the typing. The, the, the typing thing was not cool. Like that was. Well, I mean, well, but you 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 are a nerd though. Yeah, then that's why I'm offended by it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that he was like. There's a decent chance he was talking about Bill Barnwell, who wrote a piece for ESPN.com about why Saquon Barkley, from a value perspective. Should not be that top pick. Listen, th- th- this is no shade toward Bill Barnwell, whom I follow on Twitter and I read his stuff and think it's very good. I would bet a lot of money that Dave Gettleman has no clue who he is. Uh, I would bet that Dave Gettleman read ESPN.com and saw it. I would, I would bet you, you think that Dave Gettleman is reading analytics columns about the NFL draft from people who never played football before at the I, professional level. I bet and again, it- this is not shade on anyone. I never played football at the professional level ever. I read Bill Barnwell's stuff. I'm just saying I doubt that Dave Gettleman reads that stuff. I, I mean, Dave Gettleman specifically called out nerds and then started like banging his fingers like he that was. That could be about anybody. I mean, this is no. not like Nick Casario or like Eric DaCosta that we're talking about here, like one of these forward thinking general managers. We're talking about a guy who said that he thinks that the running back he took second overall was touched by the hand of God, and that's why he took him. You know what he sounds like? Someone who just ate magic mushrooms, not like an NFL general manager. I mean, give me a break here. And again, it's not shade on you or anyone that writes about the National Football League. I don't think Dave Gettleman cares. And this is not, I'm not saying he should or he shouldn't. I'm just saying I don't think Dave Gettleman is locked into that sort of thing. All right, maybe not. But Whatever the point is, he was making fun of nerds. I thought that Dave Gettleman killed it after – the first round of the draft. And I didn't want to like his draft. I wanted to bang his draft and, and let's rephrase that. I wanted to rip his draft and crush him afterwards and call him a loser because he drafted Saquon Barkley with the number two pick. And again, I love Saquon Barkley. I think he'll be a great player. I just think when you're at the second overall pick, you can't pass on a potential quarterback in a draft that is loaded with quarterbacks when you have a franchise guy in Eli Manning who appears that he might be washed. By the way, you know how I feel about it. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it was malpractice to not either take a quarterback or trade down, get more assets, and then take a quarterback. The pro- I could not agree more. The prop bet 
for the Giants to make or miss the playoffs, whew, they are yes to make the playoffs plus 375. No to make the playoffs is minus 500. And again, like, you know what that means. They're not making the playoffs. Vegas, the Giants are not making the playoffs. Vegas is not stupid. No, I I love the New York football Giants. Out of all the teams I root for, they are my favorite. I don't care nearly as much now as I used to when I was younger. But, like, I want to – I hope I'm wrong. I hope Saquon Barkley's Barry Sanders. I really do. I hope this offensive line's like the 1990s Cowboys. I really do. I just don't see it happening. I think the team's going to be bad. Hernandez plus Nate Solder on the left side is really good. We talked about the Giants on here a bunch. But uh, and Lorenzo Carter's a nice pass rusher to add. B.J. Hill, an NC State guy, you're going to love this guy. He's a really good a really good uh, defensive tackle who flew up draft boards late. He And I think Dave Gettleman said they had a second-round grade on him. I I was surprised he didn't go in the second round. And then Kyle Laletta might have, you know, has some upside. If, if Dave Gettleman hits on Kyle Laletta and Saquon Barkley and the Giants make the playoffs next year, he's going to be – Prancing around making fun of people. I just no don't... doubt, and I'll be the first person to say sure. I was wrong, and I'll do the nerd, 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 and I'll do I'll I'll do it also. God bless. I hope I hope it's right. I just don't think I I think that he has set this organization up to fail over the next few years, and then he's not going to be around to pick the next quarterback. They'll get someone else in to do it. So you were going to take the over or the under on that Giants six and a half wins. Oh, I'm going under. Maybe I'll wait for it to tick up a little bit to seven because I think people will take the over and then I'll go under. But yeah, I'm going under six and a half. They could easily be six and ten next year, couldn't they? I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, a hundred percent. The offensive line is bad. Like there are so many what ifs associated. Like Will Hernandez has to be Alan Fanica if this offensive <laughs> line is going to be good. The offensive line was so bad last year. Yeah. And, like, they signed Nate Solder. Nate Solder is not Anthony Munoz. Nate Solder happened to enter free agency at the right time and got paid like he's Anthony Munoz. He's far from it. He's an above-average left tackle. And, again, a second-round pick at a freaking UTEP right now. We're being bandied about here as the great like – the next Steve Hutchinson. Like, I don't see it happening. Like, who is this guy? Art Scheller, Gene Upshaw? I don't think – I mean, maybe he is, maybe he's not. But, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and bet that he's not. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. You know, is that really so insane for me to say that? I don't think Will Hernandez is going to the Hall of Fame. I don't think Will Hernandez was touched by the hand of God. I don't think he's going to the Hall of Fame. So if he's not, the offensive line's going to be bad. And you know what's not good to have behind a bad offensive line? A 37-year-old quarterback who couldn't begin to good move to begin with. <laughs> Man, see, that's why you like you didn't want to talk that much Giants. That's you're. I think you're worried you're going to give yourself like a. Heart condition thinking about the Giants in 2018. Oh, I don't care. I mean, if like I'm, I'm being honest with you. Like, what year is it? 2018. Like 15 years ago, I would have literally like 14 years ago in 2004. I lived or died with what the Giants were going to do. I was on shout out to Big Blue Interactive, the Giants message board. I was on Big Blue Interactive every day for three months straight, and I wanted Eli Manning or Robert Gallery. Thank God they got Eli and not Robert Gallery. I don't care nearly as much now, so they could go 0 and 16 next year. I'm not losing a second of sleep over because my life's pretty good. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I this would have been the sort of thing that would have killed me 10 years ago. Love killed. It. All right, Nick Costos at the Costos on Twitter. You can watch him on CBS Sports HQ every single friggin' night. Which you C should. CBSSports.com backslash live. Subscribe, rate, and review to the Pick Six podcast at Will Brinson on Twitter at Pick Six Pod. We'll be back. Today is Tuesday that you're listening to it. Ooh, Wednesday, we're going to have Jamie Eisenberg and Dave Richard on to break down the draft from a fantasy perspective. It's going to be a blast. Thanks, as always, for listening. Thanks, Nick. And uh, also, real quick, I will also be on the fantasy podcast later this week, so check me out there as well. Boom, boom. Love it, buddy.